0: you're listening to the g-factor with lauren and tony a weekly microcast offering a variety of unique ways to market your business or organization now without further ado here are the hosts of g-factor lauren doherty and tony vann Ho 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 ho. Good evening, Lauren. Good evening. <laughs> happy Halloween. Oh, thank you. Happy Halloween to you. ho, ho, ho. I think I uh <coughs> I think I got a little bat in my throat or something there, Lauren. I, <laughs>
1: something it, taking
0: over. Yeah, something's taking over, but uh, it's either an early morning or a late night, but we wish everyone happy Halloween for sure. And uh I guess today, since it is the 31st day of October, which is kind of hard to believe, honestly. Um, yes,
1: October gonna... flew, I feel like, like it just, where did it go?
0: Right. A blink and it was over, gone. Yes. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, uh, uh, but to uh, not to be too themey, but uh, to obviously have a little fun today, we're going to talk about uh, things that, um, you shouldn't do, or you might be scared of doing in the marketing realm, correct? Something close to that. So
1: I think we'll just kind of go back and forth, but these are a few things that, um, we, we see quite frankly, and that are really scary. So just some things to be aware of, um, and obviously we'll try to offer a few little tips here and there too um to avoid these scary marketing moves. Yeah.
0: So Yeah. A lot of this a lot of this stuff makes me just white like it just scares me when I see this stuff. So yeah. this, is, this is a good one. I'm really excited for this one. So all right, we'll kick it off, bust through the door.
1: All right. So not in any particular order here, but For me is your audience is a stranger thing. So first and foremost, not knowing your audience, Um, that is super scary because basically if you don't know your audience or you cannot define your audience or a new audience you would like to reach, um, you are basically taking a guess. So you have to know your audience first in order to know where to reach them, how to reach them. Um, what messages would appeal to them, what visuals would appeal to them. So make sure you know and define your audience first and foremost in any type of marketing situation. Um, So basically, if you're looking for a new audience, make sure you nail that down and then figure out how to communicate with them from there. If you are struggling a little bit with your current audience, uh, maybe you need to get to know them a little better. Maybe you need to survey them or get some data. So several ways to do that, but make sure that um, if you're promoting an event or a product, it doesn't matter what it is, define your audience first.
0: That's good. That's really good. I love that we kicked off with the retro stranger things um, kind of illusion there. So that's fun. Well, good. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about Frankensteining your brand. So that's basically... When you have a pretty tight brand, really nice brand, good logo, good brand Mm -hmm. mission, all of that type of thing, even brand standards, and then you just basically go off the rails. So that's everything from squishing and squeezing to changing colors to, you know, updating your website with different fonts to, you know, changing your brochure to having business cards that don't look anything close to collateral. It's all of those kind of pieces that are just kind of tossed together. And the only mix there is the, you know, the mad scientists. Uh, hard work. I think um, one of the things that really gets me is, you know, you really work hard to try to get that the brand and the flagship out to uh, get your name recognition and for people to understand who you are and what you do and the services or products you you provide. And then you you know, unfortunately, it just gets chopped up, and uh, you know, you can see it all over the place. Um, you know, we were just talking a little bit ago about website stuff. But I mean, that is one of the easiest things. Um, and candidly, you can do it with print as well. But, you know, you get in there, if you don't pay attention to the kind of font that's in your brand or the size or, you know, some colors or that type of thing, it can go wrong real quickly. Um, same thing if you're doing things in like a publisher or um, Canva or, you know, you choose it design, uh, whether it's social or like I said, collateral like brochures. If you're not um, consistent with the uh, font type and with the size and the colors uh, and the nomenclature and how you're using that, uh, it's going to look weird real fast. And you may not realize it when you're doing it, but if you start putting all of those pieces together uh, right next to each other, you can see that the the arms don't match up with the hands and the hands don't match up with the fingers and it, and it looks kind of bad. So make yes. sure you don't do that.
1: And it's super confusing for your audience too, um, or those researching you, you know, online. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing for me is when things aren't consistent across the board, or even from like, you know, I see something on Facebook and I click over to the website, it makes me guess if they don't match up like, oh, wait, did I click something wrong? Or is this legit? So there's just a lot of ways that you create confusion, even by visual cues. People do notice they do pick up on that. Um, so that's a really good one. I love the references there too. Very fun. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is, um, opening a social media platform and then ghosting it.
0: And I,
1: (laughs) I see this a lot. Um, you know, someone thinks, oh, the next big thing is TikTok. So I better jump over there. Um, And they post one thing. And then six months later, it's completely ghosted and dormant. Or even on Facebook, you know, oh, they're really good about updating. And all of a sudden, they've gone a month without posting. And if I'm a consumer, I'm researching out there. And I think, oh, well, are they out of business? Okay, on to the next place. You know, so... Only um, create and manage platforms um, that you can effectively manage and update. There's no need to be on 27 platforms if you're only updating one. That really hurts you more than it helps you. So keep up with it. Don't ghost it.
0: That's a good one. That really is funny. And And it can get scary. I mean, I also would kind of submit that it gets a little scary for the you know, uh, person that's doing it. In other words, yes. you, you know, you're, you're nailing Facebook and you're doing great and you're nailing Insta and you're doing great. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, you get overextended and it gets scary. Cause you're like, how am I going to create all that content or whatever? And that's unfortunately, you know how you ghost that out, so yeah, All that's right. that's good. That's good. Well, mine, my next one kind of picks up uh, with your first Stranger Things, and that is, you know, don't howl at the moon. Um, a lot of the times we talk about marketing and making sure that you're tracking data and know who your audience is. Oftentimes we uh, see uh, businesses and organizations just basically do what they've always done, quote unquote, do what they've always done, or they, you know, do what's kind of popular or what they think is right. But they don't really know where their audience is consuming uh, either value or influence or advertising or whatever you want to call it. And so, you know, don't be that werewolf that you're just out there howling for no reason. Make sure you know exactly, you know, who your consumer is, what they're interested in, how to connect with them, Uh, save money. Understand that if you spend a little bit on the front end to understand, uh, you know, to know who your audience is, that that ultimately will save you money. So we take that shotgun to closer to a rifle effect and then hopefully some type of laser beam. So uh, yeah, that's That's a good one.
1: Okay, so almost as scary as ghosting your social media platform is the intense rapid fire social media posts to catch up. So let me explain.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, You see someone who maybe has ghosted a platform for a month and then they come back And they post 27 updates in four minutes. And I'm not joking. You see this. All you're doing there is really limiting yourself in the algorithm even more. More is not better if no one, you know, people may not even see that because you've been out of the game for a month. So posting a bunch of things in a row is actually hurting you even more. Just work your way back into the platform and get back on a regular schedule and see where your audience is when they're online. Really pay attention to those analytics of what they are um, paying attention to and engaging with. My suggestion is there, if you have had a hiatus and you're looking to come back, you need to come back with something that is going to get huge engagement. So come back with some one good post that's super splashy for that day, um, that gets a lot of attention and engagement. And then get back on your regular schedule from there. Don't post a hundred things just to quote unquote, catch up really quickly. That doesn't work.
0: Yeah, that's really good. I I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, it is important to kind of work that algorithm, lack of a better term. I mean, a lot of times, you know, clients will say, I want to do this, or I want to do this, or I want to do this. And you're like, well, we haven't really had any other content for a long time because, you know, we're not engaged or whatever. So that's really... Uh, really a smart move. Um, space it out, space it out. Um, and you know, the other part of this is not to, you know, kind of lump onto your, your idea, but we have very similar ideas here. And that mine is don't be a vampire. Don't suck the blood out of your, of your consumers. In other words, you know, there's a point in which you just, uh, have to relax. Uh, you can't, uh, send out an email blast and then put 27 social media posts and then, you know, contact them by the phone. I mean, one of my, my cringiest moments is when I get on somebody's website and I request a quote or I put in, you know, a question or whatever, and then I'm inundated with that automated piece of like, oh, here we are. And then you get another automated piece and then I haven't heard from you. And then all of a sudden I'm getting a phone call. Did you get my email? And you're just like, stop. All I wanted was a quote. Just let me have a quote. So you have to yeah. understand what your consumer's expectation is uh, before you go off the rails with you know a bunch of this tech that may actually be pushing away your um, your potential customers.
1: Yes, definitely. So I have one more, um, and this is don't have two faces. Don't be wearing mm. a mask and then reveal it. And then what I mean by that is... You're saying or communicating one thing, and then you're failing on the other side to deliver or meet expectations. So don't amp up some big event or product and then fail on the other side to deliver. Either um, the event is not as described or the product is not as described or um, you know and this does happen but there's ways to mitigate it but don't blow something up like you know new product launching Saturday and then Saturday comes and crickets Nothing. you know and right. you're you're basically going to wear out that audience again um and fail, failing to meet expectations really hurts you in the long term because that person's going to question do I want to do business with this person you know next time so that's my other big one and you know sometimes things do happen but just make sure you are you know, pre-communicating or pre-educating if there is that, um, you know, time where something is going to get canceled or doesn't come out on time, or you're not going to be able to meet those customer service expectations, that kind of thing. Just make sure that you are communicating, um, truthfully, honestly, and, you know, just regularly in that case, but, um, just in general, make sure that you are following through with what you say you're going to do basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so smart. I mean, the reality is that um, everyone just wants you to do what you say you're going to yeah. do. And that's the, that's really the whole point. So, oh, well, Lauren, I think that's been pretty good. I think we probably should end with a little bit of trick or treat, maybe a little something sweet to eat, if you understand what I'm going here, yes. sister. So, all right. Well, let's talk about our... Most favorite trick or treat candy, Halloween candy, okay. and our least favorite, like get out of town candy. How's that <laughs> okay.
1: So, my favorite are pumpkin shaped Reese's. Um, the shaped ones no matter what holiday are far superior to the regular cup <laughs> just saying are you okay.
0: because because of the uh, peanut butter to chocolate ratio is that where you're going with that
1: i, I guess and I, maybe they're fresher i don't know i like you know they're smooth they don't have like the ribbed egg maybe that makes a difference i don't know what it is but all the shapes are superior give me all of them
0: yeah yeah very good very good uh so my favorite uh is really kind of a tie i mean when we talked about Uh this i was like oh i'm not sure i can do this but here's what i'm going to say it's either snickers bar i just Uh love snickers just generally but yes and mine are really old school now i think about or a frozen three musketeer bar so as soon as i get the three musketeer bar you throw them in the freezer Mm-hmm. And they're and they're delicious. So I think I'm actually probably gonna go with the frozen three musketeer bar. I think that's okay. probably a little bit been a little bit better. And I don't, you know what? Now that I think about, it, I haven't seen a three musketeer bar in a long time. Do they still make it? Oh three? yeah,
1: oh okay. yeah, and okay. they're in like the mixed up bags, like the minis, you know. But I feel like that's the one like my mom really likes those. But I feel like that's usually the last thing left in those mixed up bags. Oh, like, I like them, but it's not my top pick.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but. yeah.
1: Um, no, they do, and then don't forget. I mean, I I love Twix too. Like mm. kind of old school, on the Snickers, like Twix Snickers. I'm still there, but I just I have to go with the reasons. But yeah. what's your least favorite? What do you like really not like?
0: Okay, so I'm just gonna go legit straight up candy corn. I mean get the candy corn out of my bag. I hate You're one candy of those, corn huh? Oh my god like <laughs> I mean it once again a race to the bottom candy corn or circus peanuts oh I'm yeah, out on either yeah. of those like I am out I'm out I
1: don't like circus peanuts but candy corn I so my grandma used to do this but we have like a thing I have some in my candy jar right now but it's a thing of like mixed nuts and then you put candy corn in there with it. Like, like a little mix, and it's delicious. Just give it a little handful every now and then. I like candy corn. <laughs> um,
0: that's <but> interesting.
1: My, <laughs> it will get that like salty and sweet thing,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Okay. what's um, your worst?
1: Licorice. I don't like red or black, so oh. like whistlers or any of that. Oh no, I cannot. Mm. I don't wow. like the smell, I don't like the taste, I don't like the texture. It's it's None of
0: that. Oh, yeah. I love. I still love to this day. If I go to the movie theater, I will try to get Twizzlers and Mr. Pibb and I will use the red Twizzler (laughs) as a straw in the Mr. Pibb. Like it's delicious. I love it. Nope. You're out. Okay. All right. All right. What's funny is, and this is totally off subject, but it's funny is I went probably in my mid to late twenties. I went through a hardcore black licorice, uh, time, uh, season where all I would eat was black licorice, and the oh. the blacker, the darker, whatever that that ain't what is anise, anise taste, whatever that taste is that that black, that, I loved that. Like I couldn't get enough of that for some reason. Oh. Then it just wore off; it was out. So but, that's
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, there you go. So, well, Lauren, I was a little scared when we first started here, but I feel like this haunted house has turned into a fun house, and it's not <laughs> been that bad.
1: I agree. I think there's a few nuggets there to at least help you through if you are in the middle of the scary haunted house right now with your marketing. That's
0: right. That's exactly right. Well, wishing everyone a happy Halloween. I'm Joni Vann.
1: And I'm Lauren Dorty.
0: And we'll talk to you next week on the G-Factor Podcast. Thank you for listening to G-Factor for more episodes, additional information, and a way to connect with Lauren and Tony, visit theguildfactor.com.